Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years. Here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To five three three four two New York, call the twenty four seven Hope Line at one eight seven seven eight Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Woke Bros. I'm your co-host, Big Waz. I'll be flying solo today, but I did bring along a very, very special guest. My buddy, my friend, somebody who I consider a friend. Uh, my man, Jake One, man. Platinum recording producer, you know, uh, lead. What are you the, what do you call yourself? I'm definitely Texas, not the lead. <laughs> you know, like, you know, there's Holland Oates and there's uh, Daryl Hall is the one, you know, he's the right. guy. And then Oates is the bitter one okay. that just plays keyboard every once in a while. That's me. Okay, so so you're not Daryl Hall. We're going to let Mayor <laughs> no, take the... Not Daryl Hall. Okay. Mayor is Daryl Hall. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, man, we just wanted to, t- to t- tap in with Jake. He's always so busy, always has so many crazy things going on. Um, as far as his career as a musician and a, a musical arranger, uh, we do want to tap into the Snare Jordan series a little bit. Uh, but Rob, man, of course, Rob is is piloting this episode as well as always the the junior super producer, Rob Lopez. Rob, you said you had something you wanted to ask Jake off the top. Yeah, you know, Jake, Jake, Jake has worked with, I mean, you'll get into it, Waz. I'm sure you're going to get into it. But the one thing I did want to ask Jake, now you were at the LA Live show, we got you on stage, you did all, you know, you did your thing, it was great. But the one thing I wanted to ask you, and nobody asked you, which is fine, because I'm a big nerd about this, but what was it like working with John Cena? Because <laughs> uh, that was like his first yeah. thing, and now it's like his right. entrance music and shit. That's huge. Yeah. In the wrestling world, um, at least, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's an iconic song. You know, the funny thing about the John Cena thing is I had stopped watching wrestling in the mid-80s when I was probably like 11 or some shit. Um, whenever whenever they introduced like the, uh, 
like Elizabeth and all that. It just got a little too uh, soap opera for me. <laughs> As a little kid, even at eleven yeah. years old, Jake, you were you were like, all right, this is this is ridiculous. Man, I I used to like the there used to be this shit called NWA, which was the Atlanta version, and people would be believing. Yeah, it was down south. It, that was like Rick oh, Flair was, and all them. Exactly, it was NWA. It was, was hardcore. It was, <laughs> it was. It was just. Hardcore. It wasn't hardcore. It was just more like they they did the realism thing. You know what I mean? Okay. So that's what really drew, drew in a lot of people, and that was one of the first big ones that a lot of people liked. Was definitely NWA. So I feel you there. And it, that was like on TBS or something like that. But you know, they WWF just went real like corny. You know what I mean? Like it just, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it wasn't the same. Anyways, John Cena happened because I had a manager in uh la it's like my first manager and got me a lot of things um, my boy walt had met john cena at cameo in the bay and i don't know what john Cena maybe he's doing an interview there or something anyways my dude just gave john cena some beats and uh man he just recorded to a bunch of shit um i remember when they told me about it i was like I wasn't up on wrestling, so I didn't even know if it was he was important, you know. <laughs> right. For context, by the way, at the time, John Cena was, was a young – at the time, he was a young up-and-comer. He was a blue chipper, they called him. You know what I mean? He was you okay. know, young in the game. He just got started. And that whole like word life rapper John Cena era is like really what like right. set him all into and, another and status. I, you know, he was like – he was like Jay-Z, I'll battle you. Like that was his thing, right? He was like, I'm going to be yeah. the battle rapper in jorts. Um, yeah, that was just the original gimmick. Yeah, it was bad. But he wasn't actually, like, for a wrestler, he wasn't he horrible. Could, he could kind of rap, man. That, that's what made it so funny. When I, when I first heard, I think we did six songs. I don't know. There was, there was quite a few. Yeah, you have a lot of production um, credits on that album. So, yeah. That's how wait, I hold on, like hold on. Wait a second. An actual album came out? I yeah, he released he just, an album. Watch, I thought he just watch, recorded that's it to that's a bunch of probably beats. gold or platinum on the real. Oh, my God. Yeah, bro. That <laughs> shit went astronomic like I, I'm, if i remember right one of jake's songs was actually john cena's entrance music for yeah, like a yeah, couple I, years I made, I made the entrance music that's still to this day word going yeah. and like it's in commercials all kind of the, the you trumpets know. you know the song that exactly. that's jake one like you the most recognizable yeah. like Wrestling entrance music entrance music that's out today of this generation yeah it's easily easily is. Because obviously it's not more recognizable than the Stone Cold Glass Shadow. No, no, no. Whatever. But this new generation, you know, from like 2002 on, right. like the last probably like 10, 15 years. He's yeah, got the most it's... recognizable entrance music and Jake won't produce that beat. Right. And you don't have to answer this, but, you know, you you still get some love from the WWE no, or they slip, slip I, you a little I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the whole story on that because it's, it's a good – and I, I tell a lot of people this one, youngsters uh, – when we did when we did the songs, basically Cena Cena told me, like, look, man, Vince McMahon owns me. He owns everything. Nobody's gonna get shit. You're gonna get like paid up front, and it'll be good. But you're never gonna get royalties. He's either just like, you either do it or you don't do it. So at that time, you know, I had a job. I was like working at the courthouse, and I might have been making thirty thousand a year. Cool. And I think he offered me like sixty grand. And I just I couldn't turn it down. But I also like I I didn't know that shit would be going to this day, you know. Right. So, so basically, no, I, I have no rights to it or nothing. I don't make no money on it. But um, but you got sixty G's just, for it at the time when you really I did sixty G's changed your life. And that meant a lot. That I mean, I bought like my first crib with that. So I mean, it was it wow. was great in that way. But you know, we're fucking fifteen years later and that's just still making money. I'm like, damn, how much did I miss on that? You know what I mean? Oh dude, it's just that yeah, joint you, is you missed in everywhere. the you yeah, you missed in the hundreds. I don't think you missed in the I, I, millions. I yeah, I might have missed a million off of that. Wow. Like just because yeah. the, the length was. of it is just gone for so long. But um you know, it just you know, it's like luckily I've that wasn't my last one. I always think about that. I'm like, damn, that could have been my last one and it would just would have been over. Never would have made another big record. Um Well, but, you know, lucky for you, Jake, you've been fortunate enough to have a career in which you've Right. Which is rare. You know, that's that's a rare thing for for people, you know, like 
And not not many people made one in 2004 and 2018 or 19. You know, it just doesn't work that way in general. Or, or, or they have, Jake, but they, they haven't been ones that are with the likes of Schoolboy Q and Kendrick Lamar and Jay-Z and Rick Ross and Future well, yeah, and I mean, every, Kodak and Drake. Music. And right. J. Cole. Like, I mean, I could keep going, Jake. Ones, you know? <laughs> right. Right. But yeah, yeah that, I, you know, I'll give John I'll give John Cena credit for another thing because he was the first person I heard use the word bro. Like that was his thing. You know, people were like, bro, blah, blah, blah. He was so about that. I just remember every time I talked to him, that's all he would say. There was there was a problem with clearing the sample actually for the time is now. And he was like, These Canucks, bro, they don't want to clear the sample. It was like a Canadian record I used. is that a derogatory term do do we have to um censor that no hey i saw i saw a lady in my gym today with uh a shirt that said connect with the flag on it so yeah i don't know okay word i'm not a hockey team i think i think they i think they repped that one that's not you know by the way, by the way, shouts to Canada, man. Uh, Toronto advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals Ooh, yesterday. We're taping great. this on a Monday, uh, yeah. uh, and this will probably be out by Thursday. You think, Rob, or Wednesday? Yeah, somewhere around there. Somewhere Thursday, around probably. there, whatever. But last yesterday, we had an amazing slate of NBA playoff games. I know Jake One is one of the biggest sports fans I know, particularly NBA basketball. He's all about right. it. Obviously, he's still mourning the the Supersonics, but we don't need to get into that. But I, I know mean, you, you know, you enjoyed it's, yourself. It's more fun. I, like I follow all these other other things now because I'm not wrapped up in my shitty team, um, <laughs> which might have been a blessing in disguise. You know. Yeah. Well, there you go. So, man, um, last time I saw you was L.A. I, I, when was the L.A. Live show, Rob? That was January. January 8th, I think, like January 18th. January of this year, you you showed up to the show, you did your thing. Obviously, you're constantly working. Um, I know we're allowed to say that Tuxedo has a single rolling out pretty soon here. Yeah, it's coming out tomorrow. And ironically, uh, I actually was down in L.A. to make the last song for the album. For for the live show, I was down there for that specific purpose. And that song is actually coming out tomorrow that we made that day. That's so. awesome. And uh, and I know we can't really get it too much into the album, the project, but I do want to yeah. ask uh, what the fans can expect as far as the sound of the album. Cause I think what you guys are known for, like a soul funk type of vibe yeah, yeah, for sure. to what you yeah, guys yeah. do. Uh, what can the fans expect from, from the next one? I mean, it's, you know, everything we do is pretty much going to be staying in that lane because that's kind of what we made it for. And, right. you know, Mayor has his other outlets to do the kind of stuff he wants to do. And I obviously do all kind of other random shit. So, you know, we're always like trying to do something different within the context of like that sound. Um, so it's more just going for that, you know, but. So yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, we de- we're, we're definitely not dropping a trap song or nothing like that. Like. I don't. I don't think we'll have that on deck. <laughs> so. Hold on one second, Rob. I, my my TV yeah. just freaking turned on. Let me just turn it off one second. Okay. Man, they need to give me the John Cena plaque. Like, what's going on with that? I need to find out about that. Yeah, dude. I mean, they they, they, they me invite you to. They invite you to like WrestleMania thing, anything like that, or no? Uh, they just cut you the check. I, I see you. You know, I haven't talked to Cena in a long time, but I went. I went to wrestling when it first started, when he first started using it, I went and saw it and it was, it was definitely kind of weird just seeing that. Um, but then I was like, damn, man, these are just not the kind of people I hang out with. Like, you know, you go to some events, you'd be like, damn, am I one of you guys? Cause I don't think so. No. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely a, 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 a <laughs> different crowd for sure. I mean, it's either like you getting like, you know, a bunch of kids with their families or it's like, right. you know, a sweaty large man who's just yelling at a soap opera. I'm just confused. I, I watch it for like entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, I just think it's right. funny as hell, but like it, other dudes, I they're mean, like invested. There were people putting it on the line. I was like, wow, you really care. Um, All right, Jake, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I know I, I listened to enough of you guys' stuff. It's definitely summer barbecue cookout type of vibes. Like, For sure. you know, I, yeah. I think of Frankie Beverly and Maze or, you know, just those type of 
that type of sound and that feel. Uh, you guys are dropping the single tomorrow. We we just at the tip of summer starting. Is that part of you guys' calculation? I mean, we always like to put things out summertime because it's just that's just the kind of music we make. Um, you know, the G funk. You know, all that all that type of stuff is clearly summer weather. Like. Like usually the first summer day in Seattle, I always like go play Big Pimpin' or something like that because it's just the dog pound Big Pimpin', not not Jay Z. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> the real Big Pimpin'. That's that's a better Big Pimpin'. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah, Relax, yeah, man. Yeah. This this is a New York City centric podcast. Know, I know. Yeah, yeah, we're not rolling with that. Not for this time. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's definitely uh, uh, a part of it. Um, you know, you just want to have the right, the right type of, you know, type of vibe for that. And it's funny when we do shows in the winter, it feels weird to me when it's cold outside and be performing that music. I'm not even going to lie. Um, but, you know, it's not going to stop us from doing it. But uh, um, yeah, so obviously you guys, obviously you guys like making money. So you look forward to hitting the road <laughs> all the time. Uh, do you, have you guys announced anything? Do you guys have any designs on hitting the road we, anytime soon? We will announce a tour actually, I think tomorrow as well. So it's going to be Look interesting because we're going, we're going to some places that I've never been to um, with tuxedo. So that's going to be cool. Okay. Um, and you know, our mainstay is like for us, we, we're really popular on the West coast, you know, which is, makes sense because we make West coast centric music. Um, so, you know, but we are going to hit Texas for the first time and, uh, a couple other places. So yeah, it's going to be fun. So a lot of our, our listeners may or may not know this. Uh, and we kind of referenced it early when we talked about how much Jake loves the Seattle supersonics or RIP used to love them. But, um, Jake, public in his declaration that he will never do a show in the city of Oklahoma City. Yeah. yeah is is yeah, the yeah, band I, still on? Have you lifted the band for this tour? The the band is a thousand percent still on. <laughs> it, it also helps that they have no interest in seeing us there. I don't think okay. either. Okay. Uh, but but yeah, um I don't even well I guess we're going to Texas, so that's like remotely close. Maybe I'll Maybe we'll drive by in the tour bus and I'll like flip everybody off or something. Yeah, flip everybody off. Maybe egg the Energy Solutions Arena. I mean, you you know, on the real, it's real beef with them. Some dude created a fake uh, Facebook account of me, an Oklahoma City fan, with wow. my name, and was what? like sending people racist messages. No way! No way! Where the guy? Like, what kind of crazy shit is that? <laughs> so an old, then, uh, I mean, I, I was definitely in damage control. Like, what the fuck? But then I was like, damn, I really must have pissed these dudes off. Like, what did I even say that would have you that hot and try to like, you know, do something well, like that? You know, well, l- luckily Jake. that account had like two friends or something, so you know, That's people knew not to take it serious. That's pretty incredible and a pretty far place to take it, uh, especially considering all you said was that. <clears throat> you will never bring a tour there, or if somebody tries oh, to I mean, hide you for I'm sure I say way more disrespectful stuff about the city. Oh, about uh, the prairie. The, 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 the <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I might have like, you know, felt like Aubrey McClendon's downfall was deserved. You know, like, <laughs> oh, so so so, so you, you take. You've taken it deep on the internet in public on these on these homies. Yeah, and, and unfortunately uh, for me, I guess I have something to lose, and most of them don't. So yeah, that's a big that's a big fact. It, so it that's put it, it, put it, it definitely put it in perspective. I'm like, I can't just be arguing with random people on the internet. It's not a good idea. No, and and I've actually in in my more recent years, man, I've I've I honestly just taken to. I don't engage with people who aren't hitting me with like positivity, right? Like right. I'm not doing back and forth, blah, blah, blah. If you say something even on the line of disrespect, you're just going to get muted. And I'm yeah, just going to have block. to move on Hold the block, with, man. With, with my life. Uh, but yeah, to keep it with the tour, uh, I remember I saw you guys back in New York City. That must have yeah. been like, what, two years ago? 
Yeah, maybe, maybe even yeah. About two years ago, I know it was in 2018, and you, yeah. you guys' stage show is just crazy. Like it, it's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts. I know you guys had the the button for that for that first <laughs> tour, yeah. uh, and that yeah. became a meme in and of itself on the internet, which was right. dope. Um, have you yeah. guys put any thoughts into the the new tour, the the new sort of theatrics that you want to put into that? I mean, you know, at a certain point, it becomes more about that because you've been doing these songs for so long and you're right. tired of them. So you got to like find these wrinkles to make it interesting. And, you know, the more shows you do, you kind of like, you'll see what works and what doesn't. You can kind of adjust, you know. I think for us, it's kind of interesting because we're not the best musicians. We don't sing the best, but we know how to make the kind of music that we want to hear. So for us, we're we're kind of like approaching it on some DJ shit, like how we even mm. put our sets together. It's like mm. really like a DJ thing with people performing instead of being like, we're going to jam for 20 minutes on one song. Like we can't, we're never be good enough at doing that kind of stuff, you know? That's incredible because a lot of people don't know that, you know, part of a live show is crafting an experience for the people, right? Like they, at the end of the day, they've heard these songs hundreds, if not thousands of times already. Right. So when they come to see you guys perform live, they want to see some added stuff, stuff that they don't get from just streaming Mm -hmm. it on Spotify or Apple music or title. I know you guys are snickering at home, but people do subscribe to title. (laughs) Uh, you know, so I'm. I think it's dope. That, I'm just saying, Jake. I'm just saying, but I think it's dope that you guys, you know, actually put some some level of craft into your stage work. And 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 to, and you know, as somebody like me who, I'm not gonna be. I'm not afraid to say it. I went to a uh, uh, Playboy Cardi show, and literally, he's just rapping over a track, right? Like, and and part of the show, he's not even rapping his own lyrics. He's just literally up there. Dancing. I mean, I, I think that's just what the newer generation, you know, a lot of them, they just put the song on, jump around, and their fans just want to do that with them. And you know what? The, that's what I was going to say. And then that's they, the experience for them, you know? The like, that's what they're going love, for. The kids were yeah. loving it. They were watching. They did not care that they were just listening to a DJ press play on something and watching a guy just <laughs> move around on stage. Like, okay. it's, it's like, why it's the same thing, like a walkthrough or, you know, people just want to see a celebrity, you know, on that level. And it's really, it's really about that. But when you do see somebody that has a show and they got those songs, it's just devastating. Like you go to a Drake show, you're like, this dude got two hours of hits yeah. and he's really performing it or Kanye, you know, in his peak. Kanye, or, you know, like or the, even uh, Cole right now. Uh, Cole right, takes his right. stage Cole's show right now. so yeah. super serious. He takes his stage show. Obviously, he's rapping every lyric. But again, like you said, these are these are guys that have dropped some of the biggest songs in music. Um, and you know, speaking of which, man, it, it, I love I love your your place in the game, Jake, because uh, you you had a post recently. I don't know if it was the schoolboy one or if it was a text. I can't remember. But you were like, yeah, I think the call in my spirit that I did with Kodak uh, is about to go platinum. And you were like, yo, not bad for for old washed up backpacker. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah. and the thing is, for me, like, I think that's what makes you so ill, in my opinion, is that you have an ear for what's going on right now. And. You know, you do have your roots in, you know, this sort of mad lib, old school For aesthetic sure. backpacker. Yeah. You know, you yeah. are a tried and true backpacker. Like, there's no I'm, doubt about I'm, it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You're one of the most least insufferable backpackers I've ever met, uh, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. Like, might be one of my only friend backpackers <laughs> that I have. <laughs> or who I would actually I, I think, I think being be from Seattle... Like we we just liked all the different kinds of hip hop in a different way than like the New York backpack people were like, this it's is the real hip hop and fuck everything much. else. You know what I mean? And for us, you know, I enjoyed a lot of West Coast shit as much as I enjoyed the East Coast stuff. So is I was far, is far side just, back, backpack? You know, far side? Yeah. Nah, they were popular. I mean, they went gold or something like that. I mean, yeah, they, they like the the music was probably. You know, you got jazzy samples and shit and sample everything. But, nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that's... I mean, I guess, you know, 
I, I think backpack is being like just that real like scientifical <laughs> foolery where they're just like the beats don't make any sense and it's just like a lot of a lot of just you know fucking dictionary words and stuff like that mm-hmm. like no chorus literally just the guy just talking about science you know which which is obviously the opposite of a kodak calling my spirit right <laughs> right i mean but but in in all honesty man i don't have any idea with this stuff i just make the shit i like and it turns into what it turns into. I wouldn't have called that as being like a song that was going to pop off. Or even when I did the idea, I was just like, oh, this is cool. You know, it wasn't even necessarily like, ooh, I want to get this to somebody young or whatever. It's you just made the idea to team up with these other guys, okay. you know? That's what I was going to ask you. How does how does Jake One's beat even find, make its way into the hands of a Kodak Black? And it's really just, you know, when I when I got away from just being like, I'm the guy doing everything and really just got mm-hmm. into like, oh, I'm just going to make ideas and melodies and stuff like that. And I started giving it to Southside and Dahi and, you know, all the different guys I've worked with. It, they, you know, they're the ones that have got really their finger on the pulse of, you know, what's what's right. The what's right. Current. Shit, you know, right. Yeah. Because me, I man, I honestly, the stuff I usually like does not pop off <laughs> uh, guess you know, what in, in though it takes way, a, you know? it takes uh it takes somebody with a limited amount of ego to actually even you know accept and acknowledge that right right uh, the I, mean, funny I, just, thing, I just know that's not my place you know what i mean like yeah. and i'm cool with that the funny thing about that kodak song is that uh he had spit the 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 the, the like the words acapella somewhere and my, my my one of my young homies, who's a big Kodak fan, he had played it for me. He's like, "Yo, this joint is hard, <laughs> right?" Like, if and your 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 beat or whatever, I hadn't heard it yet. And then the album came oh, out, wow. I finally heard it, and I was like, "Oh, this is dope." And then I find out that it's your beat. It's kind of crazy, um, how how that would happen. But that to me, that just shows me, uh, universally, just having craft and having some level of taste is still going to matter, right? Like, you can say what you want about a lot of these kids and, you know, oh, the music is disposable, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I think if you have a level of taste and craft, and, like, people like Southside and Metro, like, these guys have incredible taste in music, right? Even though they're at the front of what's coming out, like, these are people who are artistic and have taste. Uh, I, that's why I kind of bristle when people be like, well, a lot of this shit is disposable and garbage. I mean, that's, I think old people just say that about whatever the new thing is. I mean, I'm, when, when Run DMC came out, my dad was like, this is just a bunch of noise. <laughs> you know, <So> like, <laughs> and he loved free jazz and I could, I could never understand that shit. So, I mean, it's, it's just something that's going to happen with every generation. And, you know, I, I was always joking when Soldier Boy came out that like in ten years people are gonna be like, Yeah, man, they're not making that real music like Soldier Boy anymore. <laughs> and we're pretty much at that point, you know, like it's people be like, you know, it's it's just it's it's an era. This hip hop is a young man's game. It's dope that we have forty five, fifty year old rappers that are still good. Wow, it's that's nice to too. have that now. It is nice. That's right. that's something that's much different than when I was like, I want to say seven or eight, when I became like conscious of my rap fandom, right? Like realizing like, no, this is the shit that I love. This is what I want to listen to all the time. Um, in like, say 1994, 95, there were no 40-year-old rappers. Shit, there were, I mean, were shit, Melly Mel and guys were probably only 30-something and you were like, right. oh, and they were, you think of old- Melly Mel as being 100 in 1994, you know? Like right. it just I don't I don't even know that there were 30 something year old rappers in 95, 94. There weren't a lot of them if there were, because it just the shit was moving so fast. And and we're kind of in that space now where things move really fast. Right. And you know, there's the thing is now the I will say the the biting and just people just copying styles is just so flagrant that I don't even know whose song it is a lot of the time yeah. because the, the biting is sounded like Oh, is this a Playboy Cardi song? No, nah, he's just some other guy that <laughs> just sounds like him, you know. Or somebody comes out with a, a new thing, and everybody's some, on it. You know, everybody's on it. Everybody has their own version so, of it already, and uh, they can put it out so fast that it makes it seem disposable. Whereas people have been doing that, 
but you know we had to wait three months to press it and all these things and now it's like it's instant you know right there's no there's no gatekeeping going on there's no like at all there's no barrier there's no barrier to entry and in, to me, I don't know. The the fact that the music has been democratized in a certain way, it's like, it's kind of cool, right? Like, um, and I think it's cool for the up-and-coming guys and the young guys. Like, somebody like Cole, who you've obviously worked with a lot, and you have an idea of what his process is, right? Like, he takes the album format so seriously, and this, this, that, and the third, and whatever. But he puts out Middle Child, and that shit does numbers. We don't know when the next album's right. coming out. We don't know this, but I don't think we're worse for having, for Cole having the ability to just straight up, no marketing, no nothing. Obviously, the label is at a point with him where it's like, dog, every time you come out, you make a ton of money for so you can do right. what you want, but he just want. put it out, right? And it's a, right. and it's a hit. It's a big song. It's it's played everywhere. Like he's gonna it's, play this. It's a, it's a different kind of hit. Like it's it's a yep. hit with a lot of rapping and not a lot of singing. So I mean, it's it's you know I I really it's funny you said democratic democratic process. That's a really how I look at it because. Before, when you when you put it out now, like, and I I really related to this from in in the G Unit days because if you caught the single with fifty, you were just gonna make way more money, right? right? And it didn't really matter if you had a banger on the album or not. It was never gonna be the single and get radio and all these things. And now they drop the album and whatever the song that comes out the gate high, that's yep. the single. Yep. And it's, really, it's, that's it's, how it's not, it should always been, you know, like the people pick it now. Right. right. It's not it's not it's a bunch genuine, of marketing, you know, a hundred percent. It's not a bunch of marketing cats at your label um, coming up, uh, having a meeting with the PDs at, at whatever radio station after they didn't grease their palms um, and being like, <laughs> right. OK, this is the song we're going with. People just putting out the album is like, oh, shit, the, the like. Obviously, we know some people are gaming their streams, which ironically J. Cole touched on um on the on the 21 record, which again is a is a type of record that you wouldn't even think is would be a hit. That's a hit. That's a hit record, right? Um and it's I, just I, I love that shit because they use this like record that I've been wanting for a long time. And I was like, damn, man, my guy used a thousand dollar record on this beat and it's a hit. And I feel like that shit never happens. Never happens. <laughs> Oh, so th- that record is actually one of those rare records. Um, just for some oh, yeah, background, I was telling you about yeah. For the listeners, Jake One is a record collecting fanatic. He has a sickness. Yeah, he has a problem. Yeah, he, yeah. Like it's for his. Sure. It's pretty much your only vice at this point, right? In your life. I mean, you know, other guys buy cars and right. jewelry. And I buy records. That's my thing. But uh, this record that they sampled is one of those rare records, which, like, not a bunch of them were pressed up or they only sold them in Japan or Germany, blah, 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 blah. I remember the, the story of that record is crazy because it's called East of Underground, and it was a, a military group, I think, from wow. the U.S. in Germany, and they made, like, a live soul album, and it's just, for whatever reason, it's just really dope. And it's, you know, people been knowing about that record for 15 years, you know, like it's been a sought after piece. So to hear it, like, and then 21 rapping on it, he, you know, he's one of my favorites. So like, that was just amazing. Like yeah. I definitely had to salute Dahi for that one. But that's, but see, that's what I mean though. Right, Jake? Like that's not the type of song that you Hell bring to no. the label yeah, they, and they say. They weren't like, oh, this is the hit. No. <laughs> no way. No, no shot. Way. But everybody heard the song, the people responded, and now that's what it is, right? And right. to a certain extent, the, the labels are still marketing to the streaming services and blah, 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 blah. Like, you still do get top billing, but at the end of the day, people got to press play on that thing over there's, and over. There's plenty over. of songs that, that come out with that initial hype and just drop. Right. They don't stay on that chart for very long. So, like... That's how you know you really got one is if it's on there for like 20 weeks, you know, if it's on the Hot 100 or whatever, because there's things that'll debut like top 15 and only last like four weeks because it just didn't, you know, it, it was all hype. People didn't really want to listen to it for that long. You know, so you said you said Dahi is a, is a collaborator of yours, a partner. Yeah. I know he's right. really close to the TDE camp. Is that how you ended up sure. on the Crash Talk album? Man, yeah, well, yeah, definitely through Dahi. Um, I met Dahi, I don't know, probably like seven, eight years ago. Um, and I don't exactly remember who I met him through, but uh, we were just like, you know, we both 
liked each other's music and stuff. And, um, yeah, we just kind of been cool. Like he's been in my house. Like he comes out here every once in a while. Um, but he's just, you know, I'll send him some ideas and then he happened to be working on the schoolboy Q stuff and a couple of them stuck that we did. Um, Tails is crazy. I love the black folks record, but Tails is just crazy. That's a crazy, and obviously Schoolboy did what he does. I think, I think that song is incredible, Jake, because that's Schoolboy displaying all the things that make him what he is, make him individual and special. Um, And for whatever reason, your beat was able to bring that out of him, man. I, I listen to that song every single day since it dropped. I think he, you know, what I always liked about him and, and, you know, I will say with him, Kendrick, um, those were the first like new rappers at that point when they first came out that I liked, cause there was a right. long period. I just didn't really like any of like all, a lot of those rappers they were trying to push in the blog days. I wasn't really fucking. With I mean, we were coming out of the snap it, era, right? <laughs> but like, I mean, that's... Just, just in general, it just wasn't for whatever reason, those guys, I really liked a lot and I made an effort to meet up with them and give them beats. You know, early on, I met Schoolboy when he was uh, uh, Kendrick's hype man. That was the first time I met him. And, uh, you know, I gave him beats even back then, and we did some stuff that just had never come out. So it was dope to finally get a couple with him um, at this point. And and what's dope about him is he he just, he raps over these really weird beats, but it's still popular, which is really hard to do. You know, he's still doing... You know, some of his shit is borderline backpackish. You know what I mean? Facts. Big facts. Um, um, but his he, personality is so big. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just works. And, you know, uh, a, a really crazy thing about the tales, that, that original idea, um, me and G Coop did, I think, like in 2014, um, that was, there was a song for that, over that same idea for DS2 that uh, they ended up not using at the last minute. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so so we did Percocets and Strippers. That was that was supposed to, uh, that other beat that other song was supposed to be on there as well. And apparently Hope was on it. I never heard it, so I don't know how real that is, but wait. This is what I was being told. DS2, the same beat concept from Tails, Future had it, and you said Hove was on it too? That's what That's you what heard? I was that's what I heard. I never heard it, but it was I do something I did with Southside. So the beat was a bit different. Aggregate it. <laughs> yeah, we gotta aggregate that. Boston <laughs> over that. Boston over that. They're gonna be mad at me over that. <laughs> Wait, who's gonna be mad at you? Southside and this future? is all. This or, is all alleged. Man, I just don't want people asking me for it. Asking you for what? Yeah, take- oh, for the actual Hove and Future. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous. Right. To be clear for all the listeners, this is all hearsay. Rumor and conjecture. That's all it was. Uh, Jake said he never heard it, but he heard that that was a possibility. That would have been interesting. Although I'm not going to lie, man. I'm over Hove versus I like not to be disrespectful. I, I love Hove too much to like actually like I remember when Drug Dealers Anonymous came out and people were like, oh, I was like, guys, is this even a top 200 Hove verse? Like we know, Hope well, his, has the, the problem is we just have too much of his music that he was great in. Yeah, you know, that, that, it's, that's, it's always going to be hard my, to compare it. You know, that's my problem. Like I'm, I still listening. Yeah. I still listen to the Evils. I'm sorry. Like that verse can't compare to not one yeah. verse on the Evils. Sorry, or Dead President. Right. I mean, or, or even The Watcher too. I mean, like get the hell out of here with that. But you know, um, I'm 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 actually pretty happy that that didn't uh, occur. But the, but that's because yeah, the Schoolboy record turned out great. So I mean, you know, sometimes it's always interesting to see. You know, I've had this happen a lot of times where somebody will cut a record to a beat I make, and then it, for every reason they don't use it, and somebody else uses it later on. And sometimes it really can be five years later. Um, and that's probably because I don't really necessarily make like the sound of the moment ever. So it can still ride, you know, five years later. Man, uh, just before we get you out of here, because we don't want to take too much of your time. I, I just want to tell the listeners, uh, last year, um, whenever uh, Nip's album came out, came out basically the winter of last year of 2018. Right. Um, yeah. 
Mariano, of course, I had did a podcast on the now defunct Waz Speaks uh, R.I.P. Me and him were talking about the upcoming releases for top of 2018. And he had said to me, he was like, yo, I'm really looking forward to this Nip album. Mariano's somebody who like, I'm like, damn, like you really love Nipsey Hustle like that? And he's like, yeah, like that's my dude. I, like, I think this album is going to be incredible. He's worked a really long time on it and he worked hard on it. And then it came out and Jake actually texted me and was like, yo, bro, you want to listen to this Nipsey Hustle joint is very fucking dope. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on it because I've been on other shit and I don't text you about it. But I remember distinctly hearing from you and you were just like, yo, this project is incredible. So I just want to hear you talk about like your work that you've done with Nipsey. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought in general, um, you know, I worked, I worked on that project with Mike and Keys and, and with Nip. Um, probably from 2015, like we had started doing stuff for that. And some of that stuff came out on like Slauson Boy 2. Some of it was on Victory Lap. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was kind of crazy because I feel like the people that would have really liked it when it first came out just weren't even tapped in to understand that he was doing that kind of music. Right. Um, because of just what, you know, the, the optics of like, oh, he's, he's a West Coast rapper. He's a so West Coast rapper, really, and it's not just yeah. that. He's he's like the gang banging stuff is very gang, central gang, to his aesthetic for sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but you know, what's funny about Nip is that you know I I couldn't even say that I was all the way into this stuff until Crenshaw came out, and everybody around me was just playing that. That shit was so big in Seattle. Um, like the song Check Me Out and a couple other things, that he, it just made me a fan. And I didn't even know he was doing those kind of records because I still was thinking Hustle in the House, you know? Right. Um, and he reached out to me, you know, probably around that time. And, uh, you know, he come, he come through to Seattle pretty often. And I would just get up with him and play him beats and, uh, and send him stuff. And, you know, like, Loaded Bases was something that started like 2015 or 16, I think. The one with Swizz, the Bend Down joint, we probably did around that same time. I actually was there when he cut that one. Damn, that's you. The, 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 the Swizzy joint is yeah, you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I thought Swizz did that. I mean, because he's a producer, I guess, but, you know. Yeah, yeah I definitely <laughs> that's <know>. probably <laughs> <laughs> and that, And, you know, that, that's the That was too. initially going to be the intro to the album, but uh, they, they switched it up, and they actually ended up putting a way better, perfect intro for the album. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, like, uh, you know, I was lucky to, to hang out with him and really sit with him multiple times and pick his brain. Uh, and what I really just liked about him is he was just, a thousand percent honest and it was i just never he, a lot of these artists really like to sell dreams to the producers and it was just never really that kind of thing it was just like yo i'm trying to make something that's really you know with this what i want to get across this message is serious to me it wasn't like you know mm. he didn't want to do the obvious like let's make the west coast hit you know, he wasn't going for that. He he wanted. He told me he wanted to make Thug motivation for the West Coast, and I think he really did wow. that. Um, and I think he wanted production that that kind of fit that Rick Ross, you know, MMG type stuff. So that was partly why he had reached out to me. Um, so he, so, he, he and I think if you listen to Nipsey's music, and it's not a diss to him to say he's very influenced by Ross, like the, even yeah, like the, the the rhyme patterns that they like, it's very right. similar, right? Uh, and and in, a, in the best way possible, voices, you know? right? Right. They just have very different voices, and and you know he's he's not as silly as Ross, man. Ross is. Hilarious, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and I think he's dead serious some of the time, right? But some of the shit he says is just super funny, you know. Yes, like, there's always he's, a and he's playing he's it for there. laughs, though, you know. Right? Yeah. But I think it's interesting, Jake, to hear you say that, like, as he's as you guys as you're playing him stuff and he's recording to your stuff. He's telling you that like the music is intentional, right? Like he he oh, has yeah. a specific intention with what he wants to get across with his music. Yeah, because I mean the label was trying to get him to do all kind of songs with every 
you know, they they want him to do all kind of radio stuff, and yeah, he really didn't want Did to it, do that. AIL or something, or do do yeah. the do the Chris Brown record, and not to say that these aren't talented artists, but right. you already know, man. They probably probably get him to do a Starships type of record, like you know, you know what right. these labels. It, want. it was just it was dope that he actually got to do it the way he wanted, and he stood stood on that because a lot of dudes don't. They you know, they, they're going to chase a hit because that's really where the money is. But I think that was also the part of him being the guy he was with the, with the entrepreneurial stuff where he can have that pressure on him with the music to make the money. You know, that wasn't really where he, he was eating like that. You know, he was doing all right on that. It was great. But he had all these businesses and stuff where he's just like, no, nah, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, and there's just there's very few people that are empowered like that. Um in the music business, you know, I think we're seeing that more and more because guys are doing better business. They're coming into yeah. it more enlightened. So they're controlling yep. more of their shit, which is great. You know, that's what it should be. It shouldn't be, you know, guys that run in these labels telling, you know, what telling artists, what they should be doing, you know, like, unless you're just that kind of guy and you want hits, that's fine too. You know, there's a place. Yeah, for all and, and by the way, you could be flow rider. We're not going to poo poo, you know, right. that, yeah, I mean, I'm sure many people would love to, but like to me, it's like you know, if that guy <laughs> makes a decision that it, maybe his stuff doesn't have to have the most artistic integrity, but he will get to be one of the you know one of the headliners of Jingle Bells, you know, Z100 or whatever every year, like then that's cool, right? Like then if that's what if that's what this guy wants to do, but I just think it's fascinating that you know somebody like you who's, who had the opportunity to collaborate with Nip. Um, to, to, to like say that, like, look, man, like the guy had an intention with what he wanted to do. Like his, his was, all of the stuff that he's saying intense. in his music yeah. was part of what he wanted to express. Right. Cause a lot of times and I, I feel like I've listened to, to enough Hove interviews and even in his book, he said, he's like, a lot of times I write the rhyme a certain way and then it ends up meaning three different things to the fans when they receive it. Right. Like in a right. way, it's like he didn't even mean to make it so ill. The music just right. came out and it took it's you, So, you know, like the artists always say, once you put the music out, it no longer belongs to you. Right. Like the people get to scrutinize it and decide what it is. Um, and so it's interesting that Nip is like, no, like this is what he was trying to preach in his music. And he actually did it like the message was actually received. And that that's just not always the case, you know. Yeah, he was he was really trying to make something truly great and not something for just the day or, you know, the radio or none of that. So, I mean, I always thought that was just super honorable and that he stuck to his guns, you know, like and he did it. I mean, it's it it bothers me that it's like charting and all this shit now. Cause I yeah. feel like it should have been doing that the whole time. But I understand. Like, I know what it is. It's, right. it's turned into something way bigger than any of that. But. It just, it bugs me because I'm like, he should have been here to fucking experience this, you know? Like, yeah. that's, but, you know, what can you do? You know, it's yeah. done and done. You know, the, the other part that I think, you know, was unique about him is he didn't, he wasn't a rapping ass rapper dude. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't in there writing lyrics all day. Like, I was in the studio with him, you know, probably 10 times and I saw him rap one time, you know? Like, he, he just, he wasn't the guy that just was like, I'm going to rap every day. But when he was, when he really felt it, he did it. And it was special. It was phenomenal. But, um, and, and, and I think and that was very different than, you know, I, there's a, like the new way is to do like 150 songs for a project, you know, and put them all on Instagram and your stories and let everybody else decide what the right shit is. And, you know, that works for some people, but I, I like, I like this old school aesthetic in that way of just really focusing on, you know, a certain amount of, certain amount of songs and make it, making everything important. You know, it felt more important than like a lot of the things I've worked on. That's incredible, man. I just do want to say uh loaded bases, probably definitely my favorite nip song ever. Um, and obviously yeah. your beat is incredible. 
um, the verse that he spits when he starts to, the, with the um, sitting on my link and I start thinking, like what he's right. saying on that damn song is just incredible. And I think it's a testament to what you do as an artist, Jake, that your music was able to draw that inspiration out of Nip. And I don't, I know you wouldn't want to take that kind of credit, but I truly believe that the, the, the song was special and Nip felt like he had to be special on it. So I want to thank you for doing that all, for all of us. Thank you, man. No, I mean, I just, like a lot of these, just, I really am just glad that I found my way into that and got to be a part of it, you know, for sure. Like that was, and I, I mean, I knew when we did it, I thought it was a great record, but you know, there's been other times I thought I did a great record and, and it didn't, <laughs> it didn't really get that kind of light. So kind of just never really know. Well, shit, man. Thank you, Jake, for coming on the show, man. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. Uh, obviously, when you guys touch down in L.A., I will make sure that my ass is in that building when um, Tuxedo finally makes their way to L.A. I know it's going to yeah, be a... You, you only saw an East Coast show. That's not even... That's not a home game. Oh, that's not... That's, that's, not, how, that's not how it gets crazy? I mean, L.A. is a home game for us, mm. you know? <laughs> like, that's For incredible. Sure. They, they love California. They love us. Like it's, it's crazy. Like I, you know, and, and, and we've talked about it before. It was like, damn, if they didn't like us then we would just be doing it wrong. Cause we really are making it for California and the West coast in general. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been pretty, pretty crazy. I, I can't, sometimes I just can't believe what it's turned into, you know, cause it just was something we just did for fun. So yeah, they got they got you in Korea and Japan and all kinds of places, man, performing right. to fainting yeah. fans and all of that. You a superstar, Jake. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, my 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 daughter told her uh her teacher at school that I won a Grammy because they were talking about somebody else in Grammys. Like, my daddy won a Grammy. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. Wow. That's a dope flex. <laughs> I know. I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's not quite the same. Not Duke Ellington. Chill. But, uh, <laughs> you know, how do you tell an eight-year-old that? But shit, man. Thank you again. The Grammy Award winning super producer, Jake One. Man, thanks again for coming on, Jake. All right, peace. Why, why, why is Neil Lambray the journalist? <laughs> Relax. No longer Big Wise. No longer Big Wise. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get an ascot tomorrow. Don't worry. I'm, 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 I'm going to wear a fedora with a feather in it, all of that. Boy.